What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder here from Silver and Black Pride, bringing you the Week 14 Friday podcast where we're going over all things Raiders before the game and answering your mailbag questions. Reminder to have your questions answered on the show. Tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com, adamholder95, or sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. Well, guys, let's get to the news. We'll start with probably the most unfortunate news of the week, and that's running back Kenyon Drake is out for the season with a broken ankle. Those who caught the game last Sunday against the Washington football team saw Drake get rolled up on while he was getting tackled and eventually leaving the game on a cart. Drake and the team officially got the bad news on Monday, and the running back posted a video to social media of the tackle he was injured on with the following caption. The NFL needs to look at the specific title of tackling. They are throwing flags for taunting and protecting QBs from getting touched, but this is my second straight season being injured by a guy pulling me back and using his body weight to roll up on my legs. If the emphasis is to protect players, this should be an illegal form of tackling like a horse collar. We lose players weekly to high ankle sprains and broken bones, but the league would rather flag players for erroneous taunting penalties. Let's get the priorities together. I see a lot of people responding about how this is a legal hit and wasn't intentional. While that may be true, a horse collar wasn't a malicious tackle or falling at a QB's legs in the pocket. This conversation needs to be had to spark the change that's needed for players' safety. Drake, who turns 28 in January, signed a two-year $11 million contract with Las Vegas last March, but the organization does have a potential out this offseason that wouldn't cost too much cap space if they decide to go that route. Best of luck to Drake and his rehab, and I wish him a speedy recovery. This year's Walter Payton Man of the Year nominees for each team was released earlier this week, and Darren Waller earned the honors for the Las Vegas Raiders. Waller has been extremely active in the local community, most notably founding the Darren Waller Foundation, which focuses on helping to keep at-risk use away from drug and alcohol abuse. The tight end, of course, has been very open about his own struggles with addiction and is now shifting his attention to helping other people deal with their demons. When asked about what gives him the most satisfaction about giving back, Waller said, I would definitely say being able to send people to treatment. That worked numbers on my life and allowed me to do a complete 360, and I would say talking to kids in high school, whether it be football players or normal kids, just telling them about my story and being able to navigate some of the same stresses and the same things that were giving me anxiety in a more positive way than I did. I can see the younger version of myself in them, and I want people to say, wow, being around him changed me or motivated me or made me feel loved or safer or whatever it is. I want them to be able to say that because I was around them. Waller went on, would go on to say that he wants to help redefine what it means to be a man and make it more normal for men to be able to express their feelings and get help when needed. Each Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee will receive up to $40,000 in their name to a charity of their choice, and the winner will receive a $250,000 donation. We have a handful of contract signings to go over, and we'll start with the return of the boy, Will Compton. Compton is a linebacker out of Nebraska who's in his ninth year in the league and spent about half the 2019 season with the Silver and Black, the team's final season in Oakland. He started his career in Washington and has bounced back and forth between the Tennessee Titans and the Raiders over the last couple of years, with a brief stint in New Orleans during the 2019 training camp. Compton has always been a solid contributor on special teams, in addition to contributing as a reserve linebacker and hosting a podcast with Titans left tackle Taylor Luan called Bussin' with the Boys. He'll be on the practice squad to start, but Las Vegas has had several injuries at linebacker over the last few weeks. For example, Nick Kwiatkowski was placed on IR this week, so there's a good chance Compton gets called up soon and might even be in line for some playing time this weekend. In a corresponding move, safety haha Clinton Dix was released from the practice squad. 
Clinton Dix was active for weeks 2 and 10 this season, but had only seen the field on special teams. The other contract news is kicker Daniel Carlson and punter A.J. Cole both received contracts extensions this week. Carlson received a four-year, $18 million deal with $10.2 million guaranteed, making him the third highest paid kicker in the NFL behind Justin Tucker and Graham Gano. Carlson has made 88% of his field goals with a long of 56 since joining the Silver and Black as a rookie after a rough start to his career in Minnesota. He's had several clutch kicks that have led to Raiders wins this year, and he also handles the kickoff duties for the team. As for Cole, he inked a four-year $12.4 million contract, which will make him the fourth highest paid punter in the league. Cole's been terrific for the Raiders as well, with 51.1 average yards per punt and a long of 71 this year. So, the Raiders specialist won't be going anywhere anytime soon, as Trent Sieg signed a three-year deal this past offseason as well. Expect to hear more important and riveting stories like who would win in a street fight between Cole and Carlson, or who wins in a wrestling match between Cole and Sieg if Sieg didn't have any thumbs for at least a few more seasons. A few more quick notes to go over. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr has been nominated as the team's representative for the 2021 Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. Much like the Walter Payton Man of the Year, each team selects one player and one league-wide winner selected from that bunch. Carr will be competing with the likes of Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens, Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys, Derwin James from the Los Angeles Chargers, and Cam Jordan of the New Orleans Saints, among the 27 other team representatives. A few other roster-slash-injury transactions to go over. The Raiders designated rookie safety Tyree Gillespie and defensive tackle Darius Phylon to return from IR this week. Gillespie had been out with a hamstring injury and had some much-needed depth to the safety position, as well as contributing on special teams, and that's likely part of the reason why the organization moved on from Clinton Dix. Phylon had been out with an ankle injury and was a fixture in the team's defensive line rotation before getting injured. He should be able to work his way back into that rotation and give the team a boost as they've been lacking some pass rush from their defensive tackles in recent weeks. And that'll do it for this week's news stories. Moving on to the injury report, and I'll start with the news that I'm sure a lot of you have been waiting for, and that's an update on Waller. Earlier in the week, interim head coach Rich Bisaccia said Waller is quote-unquote day-to-day, which I think is an upgrade over quote-unquote week-to-week, but he hasn't practiced all week, so it's looking like he might miss his second game in a row. Nothing is definitive at this point, but the trends are not positive, so Las Vegas will likely need one and probably two other pass catchers to step up this week. Carl Nassib also sat out last week with a knee injury, and he didn't suit up for practice on Wednesday and Thursday, so we could see more Cleveland Farrell and rookie Malcolm Kuntz for the second week in a row. Linebacker Patrick Owoso was another guy that didn't play last week with a back injury, and he hasn't practiced in the last couple of days either, and fellow linebacker Denzel Perryman has been held out all week too with an ankle injury, hence the need for Compton. Of those two, Perryman is the biggest loss if he can't go on Sunday, and we could see more playing time from the normal for K.J. Wright or Markel Lee, and maybe even rookie Divine Diablo. Defensive end Yannick Ngakwe did sit out on Thursday, but it looks like that was more of a rest day than anything to be concerned about. On to the limited guys. Defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson was held out of practice on Wednesday with a back, but was upgraded to limited on Thursday. Linebacker Markel Lee, who I just mentioned, was limited all week with ribs, and so was Corey Littleton with the shoulder injury that he suffered in forcing to leave last week's game. If Littleton can't go, that's where I'd expect Diablo to get more playing time, as the rookie was listed as the backup on, at the Will linebacker spot and filled in and played well when the veteran went down against Washington. And that'll wrap up the limited participants. We'll quickly go over the full participants for the week. Safety, Jonathan Abram, thumb. Defensive tackle, Jonathan Hankins, groin. Cornerback, Nate Hobbs, knee. Running back, Josh Jacobs, ankle. And recently signed fullback, Sutton Smith, was limited on Wednesday, but a full go on Thursday with quad and ankle injuries. 
and that'll do it for the Raiders injury report. As for the Kansas City Chiefs injury report, they're going to be pretty healthy as they only have seven players listed on the injury report with only one player, backup quarterback Chris Lammons, being the only one of those seven to miss practice this week. Starting right tackle Lucas Niang might be coming back as he was limited on Wednesday and Thursday with a ribs injury that held him out of the Week 10 matchup between these two teams. If Niang can't go, expect to see Andrew Wiley again on Sunday. All right, time to answer your questions. A reminder, tweet your questions at me, at mholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. Question number one, do you think there's any chance that Bradley breaks his cover three tendencies versus KC? Two highs would give KC the most trouble, and they feasted on cover three last time. Must do something different this, this time after that shellacking, one would think. Yeah, well, I think you kind of answered your questions there. I mean, like you said, the Raiders ended up giving up 41 points, and that's been the Chiefs' best offensive outperformance all year. Even in their five-game win streak, they haven't broken 20 points other than that game. So I think the Raiders are going to have to mix it up. I think Bradley's going to have to mix up the coverages. Um, Obviously, that's going to involve playing a little bit more too high. I think the problem is right now the Raiders don't really have those two safeties that they can really get away with in too high. I mean, if they're going to end up putting Jonathan Abram back there, I don't think I need to remind everybody what happened last year when he was playing deep against the Chiefs and uh, ended up costing them the game. But I think that's part of the problem is they don't have the personnel. That was why Trevon Merrick was such a pressing need or safety was such a pressing need in the draft. So I think he's going to have to mix it up. Like you said, I think he's going to have to try stuff, probably play a little bit more down Levitt. Maybe if Tyree Gillespie is healthy enough, maybe he'll try putting him back there. Because again, they can't keep doing the same thing. Can't keep running that cover three look or that single high look and get torn apart by the Chiefs if they want to have any chance of winning. So I think they're going to have to. I'm just not 100% sure how much better it's going to be because of the lack of personnel. Because I definitely think even though they uh, they drafted Mary last year, I think safety will be one of the priorities in the offseason, trying to find another center fielder, especially if... Uh, Jonathan Abram or the plan is to play Jonathan Abram in the box more this year so we'll see what happens but like you said got to try something else number two why do the Raiders suck every year so first of all I'll go ahead and acknowledge that I understand this question was a joke but like I told you guys at the beginning of this segment when I first started the segment I should say I'll answer any questions you guys send my way and to be honest with you this is a question I've kind of battled with myself and I'm sure a lot of Raider fans have battled with themselves over the years And I'm just starting to get to the point where maybe it's just the logo on the side of the damn helmet at this point. I don't know. Maybe the Raiders just can't have anything good. The ghost of uh, Pete Rozelle still haunts the Raiders and Al Davis, um, or Al Davis's family, I should say. So, I don't know. I mean, it's been frustrating, certainly, over the last 20 years. Plenty of coaching staff, plenty of GMs, or I guess not necessarily plenty of GMs, only a couple, but plenty of changes, plenty of new faces in the buildings with a lot of the same results, so... It's been frustrating, I hear you, but hope's all we got as Raider fans, right? Got to keep just hoping it out and hoping uh, the next guy will come in to fix fix the changes and right the wrongs. But something, t- something, sometimes it just feels like there's just some sort of weird mystique in the building that's got the, this dark cloud over the organization. But hopefully we'll get rid of it soon. Third and final question of the week. At what point do you think the Raiders will or should start playing the young guys and prioritizing the future over the president? Well, to be honest with you, kind of watching how the last few weeks have unfolded, um, obviously there was the one game against the Cowboys that is now kind of looking like a fluke. But I would kind of say this week, I don't think they will because they still have a mathematical chance of making the playoffs. And I mean, if you're a coach and uh, you're especially Rich Passaccia, who's pretty much just interviewing for the job, they're not going to take the philosophy of thinking about next year because you might not be around next year. But I kind of think they should probably, or I would like to see them, I should say, uh, start to kind of 
go into that mindset and figure out, you know, guys like Divine Diablo, can he play Tyree Gillespie now that he's injured, see what he can do, give those guys a little bit more shot. Because I'll be honest, I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope for this week. Hoping to be pleasantly surprised, of course, but it's going to be a tough one to win. And after they drop that one, they're going to be six and seven. Schedule doesn't really ease up anymore. So I'd kind of like to see them start to prioritize and not necessarily tank by any means, not necessarily go out to try and lose games, but at least give some of these younger guys like a Malcolm Kuntz, Divine Diablo, Gillespie, uh, some more reps just to see what they can do, just to see if they can contribute. And so while let's give them some experience. So I don't know when that'll happen. Uh, I would think it would be this week or I would hope it'd be this week, but I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe uh, Saturday against the Browns or next Saturday against the Browns will start to do that, especially if they lose. But yeah, it's something that I kind of think we need to start thinking about and start uh, start uh, uh, shifting our expectations as fans for the rest for, towards next year, which is unfortunate given the uh, third year in a row that the Raiders started out hot. All right, guys, that just about does it for this week. Make sure you're following Silver and Black Pride and myself on Twitter, AdamHolder95. And please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and download as that is much appreciated and really helps us grow. Your support has been much appreciated this year, and I look forward to delivering you guys great content each and every week. Until next time.